This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, we got to hurry this show up. We're recording Monday night at 8 o'clock, right in the middle of The Bachelor. We got to hurry this up so I can try and catch the end. You big Bachelor fan, Mike? Well, it's my um, my sports compromise, Steve. So gotcha. I watch The Bachelor with my wife so that I can watch the sports that I want. So there's some big sporting events coming up here soon. So, you know, I'm I'm miss every every second we're recording, I'm missing out on, you know, you NCAA hit. basketball and Super Bowls and all that good stuff. You so Mike, bank, if, you gotta bank that sports time. Yeah, that's right. If you watch like Bachelor in Paradise or whatever other spinoffs of Bachelor, just, like can you just, keep adding to oh, it? Oh yeah. Yeah, bank all that time, baby. Bank all that time. <laughs> no. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing? I'm doing good, gentlemen. I Took a listen to the podcast release yesterday, the bonus episode. I think we'll get into a little bit, but uh, I, w- I was not featured on it, and it was great. It's it's really fun to listen to a podcast where you're not like critiquing yourself and all the dumb points that you say. So, uh, Steve, really nice job. Mike, you made some good comments on there as well. Um, but everybody should listen to it. It was awesome, and it was thoroughly enjoying for me to kind of be a spectator for the first time. It was really cool. Well, hey, on that note, let's not waste any more time. Let's Here kick off the running news. So as Trent alluded to, if you haven't already listened to it, you got to go and you got to check out the bonus episode that dropped Sunday night. I was I had media credentials at the New Balance Grand Prix. Um, so you, we kind of talk a little bit about that race. I talked to the likes of Donovan Brazier, Lolo, Drone, Lolo Jones, Bryce Hopple. I just talk, I talked to some of the biggest names in the sports in the sport. It was it was it was a wild experience. So much fun. But um, just kind of touching on that, you know, we don't need to spend a, a ton of time on the New Balance Grand Prix because we already have a podcast dedicated to it. Um, Brazier dominates once again. Hopple, you know, nips, you know, nips his competition at the line in classic Hopple fashion. Do you guys have any takes on the New Balance Grand Prix? Uh, I, I, my biggest takeaway from it, we I kind of touched upon it in the last show. But Donovan Brazier is going to be a problem for the entire world. And he is so surprisingly young. He is only 22 years old. And this dude is already smashing records, taking home medals. I mean, this dude is going to be a huge superstar for a very, very long time. I mean, I we joked the other day. Um, I called him the baddest man in the sport, and he he immediately shut me down. And said I'm not the baddest man in the sport yet. I got a lot, I got a lot, a lot left to accomplish before he can give me that title. But him at 22, being able to to do what he's doing, I mean, it was like he he was up against some pretty fierce competition the other day, and he won by a full straightaway. Just watching him run, he was making it look easy. He did a little shrug at the at the finish. I mean, the guy is is he's gonna. He's going to he's gonna dominate for a long time, hopefully, if he can stay healthy and keep on this trajectory. Steve, you just hit on it, and you guys hit it in the bonus sode that came out yesterday. That margin of victory, you are not exaggerating. I was blown away when I watched <laughs> it. Like, it's we, – we can talk about it, but everyone should go on, find some YouTube video if you can find it. I know this goes back to all our other beefs with Jack and Field about trying to find it. Um, but I, there are highlights out there, highlight packages where you can watch it, and it is just – utter domination it's a 600 too like how do you dominate by that yeah. much in the 600 it was it was awesome and i mean the the shrug at the end steve was awesome i mean <laughs> it was I, I called him humble on the last show but i mean that was awesome great celebration and to your point when he was saying i'm not the best man in the sport yet he definitely slipped in a little yet at the end there as in like oh i'll be there don't you worry i'm yeah, on the way to that you gotta love that confidence it's like yep. a jordan it was like the jordan shrug it was yeah, awesome it was awesome I want to um, I want to shout out to uh, the Sav of the week that you guys uh, shouted out in the bonus. Justin episode. Daglish, just him and everyone else he raced against. Everybody running the Masters Mile at a big time event like that. Like we joke around how like miserable like marathon running or whatever would be, but can you imagine being that agent and having to do speed workouts? He's out there, I'm sure 
crushing 400s or whatever. Those guys are freaking flying. I mean, they're they're going fast. It's they're not they're not bullshitting around out there. So um, that was great. And then there's there was two British guys that took the lead at one point. And, it, and uh, I'm sure you heard this uh, live, but I heard it in the the video I watched. The announcer had a straight, the British are coming, and put a little accent yeah, right. on it, and it was doing it. It was a big win for uh, the uh, the New Bounce Grand Prix announcing team. I really liked him. So Justin, he's he's my buddy, and he's actually he's British. Um, he lives he lives in Massachusetts now, but he's British, and he said that was kind of like a, a funny moment for him. It was one of the the moments that kind of kind of made the night for him. But you know, I can speak from experience doing a lot of workouts with him. He kicks my ass on the track, like he's just he's out there grinding, doing a lot of work. Um, so you're in that. But you know, circle back to 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 Bryce Hopple one last time, along with Brazier. I mean, the U.S. I mean, we're gonna be dominating the mid-distance category, the 800-meter category for the foreseeable future, and I cannot wait because it's, it's one of, if not the most exciting event in the sport, and to see a bunch of USA jerseys up front, you know, making it happen, um, it, 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 young USA athletes make it happen, it's super exciting to watch. Totally agree. And so the next piece of running news that we wanted to touch on was the night before at Boston University, just a great just a great day in the city of Boston for indoor track all day. Tyler day running a 13, 16, five K breaking. I know it's not an official record, but breaking Galen Rupp's uh, college five K record of 13, 18. What do you guys think of this? It's your boy Trent all day, all day Tyler day. I have lost a lot of money on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I always defend him though because he's got the the best nickname in sports. But uh, I saw that headline. But why was this not an official record? I I missed that. I mean, Sorry it's technically. I mean, it, it is a record, but it's not like it's not like. I mean, nobody keeps that as a record. Okay. Because it's the indoor. Yeah. Five K, I guess. But uh, I forgot Count that it. Tyler Day was still in college because he he must have used up his eligibility for cross country because he didn't run. Yeah cross country so i was like to see him in the headlines kind of took me by surprise and he clearly uh w- was staying in shape over cross country season because that dude was fast he was crushing it yeah i had and to do a double take i was like i was like wait why is he in an nau uniform yeah, and i no. realized you know he used up all his uh cross country um eligibility too bad they could have used him you mm-hmm. know seriously it's a like you said, not so. So people not normally run in 5Ks, and then a weird time of year for it too, right? It's not super early in the season where you're coming off that cross country strength, but it's certainly kind of time to start, uh, you know, bringing it down a little bit and starting to be whatever he's gonna do, you know, the indoor at his conference championships and such. So that just tells me that he's in unbelievable shape right now to be throwing off a, like a 5K this random, you know, late in January, weird time, uh, weird distance, but. Uh, that just shows like how fast he is right now, and he's gonna be a force at the indoor nationals. In a strange coincidence, that last week we were talking about uh, Galen Rupp now being attached to NAU through uh, Mike Smith, the NAU coach. Now one of his athletes goes on the track and takes down his time. Um, so was Galen Rupp giving him some inside information, some Ooh. tips, some secrets on how to how to run a little bit faster, you know. Maybe hopefully he left the uh, the Alberto Salazar ointment or whatever back at home. But um, should we start you know, that rumor? <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't riding dirty yet. <laughs> Not yet. Um, but but then but then it it adds it adds a, a another question. Um, does he have a shot at making the Olympic team in the 5K? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, Trent, you just pointed out his uh you know NCAA championship outlook right now but yeah i mean 13 16 that's moving um i don't think that that doesn't make him a favorite by any any means but it is early in the season if he can get down to low 13s later in the season that's that's right where you need to be that's right you need to be to make the olympic team so i'm sure that's where his uh, mindset is at and maybe that explains why he's doing this event you know this time of year and stuff maybe there's alternative motivation for him rather than just prove that he's an ultimate badass and set college records so in our last piece of running news, I think we need to cue the chameleonaire. So Mike, why don't you kick off riding dirty? All right, we got another story here. Um, basically, and this is the funniest part of it, is Russia is accusing the UK of anti-doping, creating a wall of mistrust 
over Mofara drug samples. So basically, they're claiming that, uh, you know, the organization WADA there that oversees the whole drug testing thing uh, has requested Mofara samples, and because they don't have legitimate reason to ask for them, they are refusing to give it to them. And, you know, the claim is, well, we do have a legitimate reason. You were tied to Alberto Salazar, so we should, you know, that's cause for to look into this stuff. And they're saying, like, he's never failed a drug test, so why should you ever need to look into his stored samples and all this stuff? But so many layers to this, right? <laughs> because it's Russia, who just got banned from the upcoming Olympics, who is making these claims. That would be like if the Astros players right now just came out and were just, like, <laughs> right, calling out all kinds of different, like, cheating scandals. And it's like, you have no place to be talking right now. But it's so Russia and so perfect. I love every piece of it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, everybody, every country has, like, tied to some cheating scandal at one point or another. But Russia is by far has, like, the most scandals and more than anybody yeah. else. So I get where they're saying, like, hey, stop picking on us. Everybody's doing it. But you guys are the worst offenders. So, so like Mike said, you're not allowed to throw shade at this point. Yeah, and, I mean, Mo Farah, Sir Mo, is a national hero, right? So they're going to try to protect him at all costs. Of course. And so, and especially when a country like Russia is coming, coming out saying, hey, you got to turn over the samples. They're like, absolutely not. We are not giving these to you. We'll give them to a to a credible source if they if they really need them, but not to you, Russia. So well, there's so he, there is we can get back to crapping on Russia in a second here, but there is one element of I do. So it was the the drug organization WADA, whatever it stands for, that was asking for these samples, right? Okay. So it wasn't just Russia. Just, Russia was pointing fingers, but. So, but still, but still, they're going back to my original point. They're gonna do everything they can to protect Sir Mo because he's he's a he's a he's knighted. He's a national hero. I totally agree with that point. I will just leave it at. It is a little weird that they won't hand him over. If they're so sure of him, it's a little bit weird. And um, yeah, actually, you know, what? no, I'm just gonna leave it. At that. Where are they protecting him from? You know, what are they? Protect- but it is the idea. Just kind of, I don't want to like point fingers at Mo. But that a bigger picture, the idea that Salazar, you know, is, is getting this punishment, pretty severe punishment, and, and obviously the, the reputation tarnish that comes with him, and no athlete has is, is been pun- penalized, and no athlete has, you know, really, you know, people are, are raising questions about everybody, especially when Salazar first came out, everybody's pointing fingers, so that's kind of all, uh, you know, passed by, uh, I think, the, the news cycles, and everybody's kind of getting, you know, somewhat of a pass, it seems like, so... It's just a very bizarre spot we're in with the athletes when their coach is tied into it. Let, let me ask you this. If tomorrow we found out that Sir Mo was dirty, would you be surprised? No. no. Okay. And, I, I, no. and that's all I'm saying. We don't and I hate saying that. I hate saying that. I mean, none of, none of us would be. Of course no. we wouldn't. No. I, but, I, hate, I hate saying that because he's one of my favorite runners. I love watching the guy run. But no, at, at this point, with everything that we know, Absolutely not. It would not surprise me in the in the slightest. I Everyone says think... that Galen Rupp is like Alberto Salazar's like number one guy. I don't know. You could make the argument that I mean Galen stuck with him throughout the whole thing, but I mean Sermo was his guy for a very very long yeah. time and his biggest name ever. Take it beyond Salazar though. There's very few to nobody that no matter who their coach was if you told me oh they got popped for positive it would be like that initial shock but when you think about it rationally you'd be like i wouldn't be you know that surprised it's like when everybody got caught you know on steroids for baseball and people were saying who would be the person that would really shock you if they caught on steroids and the answer was probably nobody you know it was just kind of an epidemic thing in the sport so you know that's it's a little bit of an unfair question michael i say that everybody kind of you know, right the shade, unfortunately and i feel like it, it is an unfair question and it is what it is, but it's an even more unfair question coming from Russia. And that's really the point of this story, yeah. is that Russia is being like the little toddler in the corner, like, I'm just going to take everybody down yeah. with me. If I can't have the ball, nobody can. And that wraps up Riding Dirty. But on that note, let's go to our interview with Tim Ritchie. Tim Ritchie's a marathoner, Olympic hopeful, and he's a local guy. He's he he's uh he's from New England. He coaches for the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Um, I really we had a lot of fun talking to him, so let's get into it. Tim, 
All right. So we are here with a 211 marathoner, former U.S. marathon champion. He's a BC grad. Now he's the head coach for the UMass Amherst cross country team, pride of Worcester, Massachusetts. Tim Ritchie, welcome to Peak Too Early. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Oh, man. Um, really excited to talk to you. So um, right now we're, we're having a bunch of marathoners on. We're interviewing them, getting pumped for the, for, the, for the Olympic trials. We're heading down to Atlanta, and we're going to be cheering on everybody. We're going to be on the side of the course going nuts. So my first question for you is if I'm there with a Patriots 28-3 to flag, will you take it and run with it for a little bit? Absolutely. I'll run right. the finish line with that thing. That's <laughs> You're not afraid of a little, uh, it's slowing you down a little bit or the, a little wind draft? No, if anything, that will make me run faster. I'll be oh, getting, good. Getting, chased, getting chased by all the Atlanta fans. So, right. um, <laughs> yeah. No, I got mixed feelings about that game. Obviously, we wanted the Pats to win, but I'm a big Matt Ryan That's fan, right. So, mm, I didn't uh, even consider that, yeah. So, for me, when we were down by that much, I was like, well, at least Matty Ice is going to get his, his Super Bowl. So, it was a win-win. So where where are you in the the training cycle for uh, the trials right now? How are you feeling? Um, you know what what's what's on your plate between now and the end of February? Yeah, we're right in the thick of it right now. So six weeks out, um, training has been uh, it's been pretty rough actually. The last couple weeks, just been doing a lot of cross training. Uh, had a little bit of a tendonitis flare up in my foot, um, but we're on the right side of that. We're getting back to business. So um this is yeah this is the meat and potatoes of the training right now long runs long workouts uh just kind of grinding out the winter i think i saw an instagram picture it was the picture of the pool and it said you know the long run today so that was that was a serious caption there that that was your long run for the day yeah yeah man it's uh yeah it's a bit frustrating but i'm no stranger to having to cross train my way through some segments so um yeah i got in the a lot rode this thing called the elliptigo for uh for hours and hours and hours uh, over christmas break so um so yeah it's all it's all work so it doesn't have to be just running to get fit so we're able to get uh to improve the fitness a little bit so feeling pretty good yeah i always like wonder about the the pool specifically right because in college i did a, a good amount of pool how, how much do you believe that that I guess, like, how much would it translate over to run? Do you think you get, like, a one-to-one type um, benefit from the pool, or is there a little bit of, uh, you know, uneven from running to pool type stuff? Yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, I think cardiovascularly, it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, mar- the marathon's obviously about a lot more than just uh, just your heart <laughs> heart and lungs. you got to have the right. legs for it, too. So that's the one thing that's been missing is, like, really just beating up the quads and, and beating up the calves and like putting in that time on the feet, getting used to the pounding. So um, that's where I'm at right now is kind of trying to translate some of that pool fitness to back to the roads. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can get, you can almost get more fit cross training because you can go hard every other right. day. Um, you know, you can get a lot of quality in, in a week. It's just not the, it's yeah, it's not quite the same uh, for, for the marathon. Hmm. How do you, because even when you're healthy, I know you're known for being kind of a, a low mileage guy compared to some of these others out there, other marathoners. Um, you're obviously grinding, you know, cross training uh, to supplement that, to supplement your running. How do you stay like mentally focused when you have to do, you know, a two hour, whatever, uh, you know, putting the belt on? I don't know if you're a belt pool runner or not, but like the the getting in the pool for that long is just is just brutal for me personally when I remember. So how do you, how do you stay focused during those workouts? Uh, you just gotta, you gotta embrace it. I think like that's, that's what makes a great distance runner is like, um, having an affinity for discomfort and like for all the parts that just suck. Like if you don't, if you don't look at that as a training benefit, then you're, you're missing out. So, uh, for me when I'm in there, like I see it as a mental workout as much as a physical workout. Like I'm getting better. I'm getting better mentally by, just sitting in here staring at the lifeguard for for two two and a half hours and uh going nowhere getting splashed by kids jumping off the diving board and um but that's all that's all part of it so i like i kind of like really relish in in that i mean i used to do like really long stationary bike sessions with like no headphones or anything i would just kind of sit there and oh my god sit there and like uh stare at you know just stare at the 
numbers in front of me and um, oh my god that's torture <laughs> yeah it's pretty, <laughs> it, it is it is but um you just like it just forces you to go to a place in your mind that is uh is a pretty unique place to be so um i just think the more that we can kind of like embrace embrace that part of the grind uh the better the better will better off will be Get that sounds like something you might hear in like a, a movie or a TV show, like 24 or something that they'd use as a negotiation tactic to try and like break down like, I don't know, terrorists or something. Just make them sit on a bike for four hours with no entertainment and stare at the, the numbers ticking away. It's brutal. Yeah, but I mean, part of me wants to see like, can I do this? Like, can I, like, <laughs> can I stay engaged? So it's part of the challenge. Like just, you know, if I got a workout on my calendar, uh, you know, it's the same same sort of thing. Like you want to see if you can rise up to to the challenge. So, yeah, yeah. definitely not fun, but there's some benefit to it. So you've recently become the head coach at U- at UMass. Um, how has it been balancing your running career with your coaching career? It's been tough. Um, so I've been coaching since I graduated. So I was uh, six years at Boston College, and then two years down at Yale. So. I've always been trying to coach and run. It's always been a big part of the of my identity. But these last two years have definitely been at a new level. You know, being a head head coach of a program has been a um, just requiring a lot more emotional energy and time. And you know, we were like I mentioned uh, before we got rolling. We were down at a track meet at URI, and that was a sixteen hour day. You know, mm-hmm. with travel travel to me getting home um so it's tough i mean you got to be creative about about the training um but uh, coaching has always been a big a big part of who i am and a big part of uh of what i do so you know for me it's like yeah you just got to be creative and find find ways to to really make both of those things big priorities yeah i mean when you're down in atlanta uh coming up here at the end of february you're going to be lining up and going for the same goal against a lot of guys who don't do what you're doing, right? They don't spend 16 hours at URI. They spend their whole day preparing and training and getting ready for that marathon. So you're trying to, you know, in a lot of ways, putting yourself at a disadvantage. But is there any advantages, you think, to, you know, being immersed in the sport and, you know, having it, coaching other people, kind of always being surrounded by, is there anything that you're taking from this as it's like, all right, at least I have this leg up on the guys who aren't doing what I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I get any sort of training benefit out of it, <laughs> but you got to do what you love uh, in yeah. order to be, success- to be successful in life, and um, so for me, it's, you know, I draw a lot of inspiration from these guys that I coach, and I'm really fortunate to have a supportive supportive staff and a supportive group of people that, uh, you know, they really want me to succeed, so I, t- I take that, like, whenever I'm running, I'm not just running for me, I'm trying to represent, you know, the guys that I'm coaching and the people who believe in me, and um, I think that stuff weighs in a lot, you know, the, the physical is only a, a small piece of the pie, well, not even a small piece of the pie, but <laughs> it's a piece of the pie. And I think the, the spiritual, the emotional, the mental is all uh, equally valid, especially when you're going for something like trying to make an Olympic team. I mean, all these guys are going to be really fit, you know, so what's going to, what can I draw on that's going to, at least for me, give me a little bit of a motivation and a little bit of extra energy in the, in the race. So, um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I live and work at a university, so I have access to a lot of great stuff. You know, we have sports medicine, and I'm in the weight room with these guys. You know, out at UMass, we have phenomenal places to train and run all day. So Partying uh, at Southwest. <laughs> Dude, UMass is a thing of the past. <laughs> we're, we're at New Mass now. We're, we're moving forward with the brand Zoom new identity. I like that. Is that, is that the line that recruits parents when they come in? Yeah, well, it's like the hockey coach started it uh, when he came in a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, they were second in the country last year. There's a hockey program. And so he, he's like, we're new mass now. We're not going to be this. You know, part of it was like going against the parties in Southwest. But a lot of it was just, you know, them not being complacent with being average. And, and right. just saying, like, you know, UMass can be a school that uh, can compete with the big boys. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of swept over the campus. That, I that say that that vibes everywhere. I say that with a great deal of affection. I I love UMass. I actually spent two years at UMass before I ended up uh, transferring, and uh, probably two of the I had a little bit of fun, you know. But I was at the the school business out there. But two of the most important years of my life were at UMass, and I loved every second of it. So um, I love yeah. UMass. Yeah, man, it's been fun. Like since I got the job, I mean, I grew up in Mass. I'm from Worcester, and half my 
high school went to UMass. My sibling went to UMass. So, uh, but I've been meeting so many people everywhere you go. You're just somebody from UMass. So it's cool to, to see how, how wide that web is spun. For sure. Um, one question on UMass, what is the cutoff distance where you can no longer like kick your athlete's ass? Like how, how far does the race have to be? Before, uh, or how short does it have to be before they can beat you? Oh man, that's a good question. And it's getting longer and longer as the years go on. When I, when I started coaching, I, I felt like I got to held my own with the 400 meter runners at that point. But <laughs> now I, you know, I'd say uh, we're probably at the three K right now. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think our best, our best milers could probably beat me, but I still think I could, I can hang in the three K. So. <laughs> um, it was in the fall. I was jumping in a little bit of their workouts, just kind of, uh, it's just fun. Like I, I miss cross country so much and being able to just roll with a pack of guys. So, but once we got into the marathon build, I've kind of, let them do their own thing and branched off. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're a, a mass guy and you've done the, you know, the Boston marathon a few times. I know that you have a special place in your heart for the Boston marathon. And so do we, we, uh, we talk about it a lot, but you know, that's a race that has inspired a lot of our running careers and we all just did it this past year. But one thing that we've been campaigning big time lately is to try and, uh, you know, convince the goat, Elu Kachoge to to stop dodging Boston. So, how are you going to join our team here? How are you going to try and convince <laughs> Kipchoge to get to Boston, Tim? Hey, I'm I'm fully on board with this. I think I might <laughs> after he broke the uh, world record. I think I tweeted something about like, all right, what else is left? Like, that's right. That's what thing, we've been one saying. One thing left on your on your bucket list. So, I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm excited to see him versus Bekele in London. I think it's going to be gonna awesome. Be awesome yeah. Battle for the sport, but yeah, I mean. Growing up in the Boston area, like winning Boston is that's bigger than an Olympic gold medal. You know, it's mm -hmm. it doesn't that's as that's as good as it gets. So we'll see. Maybe when I get to Tokyo, I'll uh, sit down for breakfast with him. That's right. To, <laughs> right. <laughs> Love that confidence. Try to talk him into uh, coming on over to uh, Boston for the race. So, I mean, one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to make the sport exciting by kind of putting a, a personality um, to the athlete. So when people are watching, they can kind of get excited about, you know, what they're watching and who they're cheering for. And you do probably one of the coolest things in the sport. When you're coming to the finish of the race and you're in the lead, you wind up and you punch the tape, which is like awesome. So I need to know, how did that start and why do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's fun. Like, you don't get too many opportunities to break the tape. So um, <laughs> I, th I think the first time it happened was when I ran and won the Philly Half Marathon in 2015. And you're at the – the race finishes at the bottom of the uh, the Rocky Steps at the Art Museum in Philly. So I like boxing. And so when, you know, you're thinking about Rocky the whole time that you're kind of down there in Philly, you've got a statue there. So coming up over the finish line, I figured I'd do a little uh, tribute to the oh, Italian stallion and uh, <laughs> break the tapes. So, yeah, then I've only, I mean, I've only had the, you know, the, the pleasure to be able to do it a few times. And CIM, when I won the marathon champs, it was like I was so dead. I swung and, like, missed because they had dropped the, they, like, dropped the tape. <laughs> the and pictures are cool, my, Yeah. Threw off my, my balance. I almost like fell and I immediately vomited all over the, uh, the finishing area. So, like, you get the photo, but then it's not very glamorous in the couple moments after that. Doesn't matter. You have that picture forever. Nobody can take that picture away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, who's your, who's your favorite boxer? Oh, man. Like, I, the sport for me, like, I can't say that I have a favorite. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing pay-per-view every uh every friday night and watching all the fights but the the sport itself i feel like it draws a lot of parallels to mm. to distance running it's just like you know it's just kind of a round after round it's like who can endure it and then all the like the training that goes into it the physical the mental overlap um so all these old school bo like boxing movies and then some of the ones that came out about uh, like the fighter and some of these other right uh movies from the Massachusetts uh, scene. No, it's just like I just draw a lot of parallels to, to what I'm trying to do as an athlete. Um, just kind of that rugged, you know, mano a mano type of uh, competition. Absolutely. You can say Mickey Ward. 
Yo, I don't know if you know Mike and Mike and I are uh, we're both Lowell guys, so I think there's a lot of similarities between Lowell, <laughs> Lowell and Worcester. Yeah, there are. I mean, we had a kid from Worcester, Edwin Rodriguez, who ended up doing pretty well on his weight class in boxing, and um, you know, it wasn't until like he was at high school with me, but it wasn't until afterwards that we started hearing more about his name. I was like, "Isn't that kid from Darty?" So, yeah, this. I mean, I think kids growing up in that town. Or any, you know, some of these more blue-collar Massachusetts towns, it's just an opportunity for them to kind of, uh, kind of break out and and uh, make a name for themselves. So it's been fun to see some guys from Mass doing really well. So, so we dug into our Worcester contacts, and one of your old teammates, uh, Steve Polito, was helping us out. I don't think of him as much of a, a boxing type. I'm not sure that would apply <laughs> to him, or I don't know how much um, the boxing applies to you. But he gave a couple questions to ask. So first thing he he suggested. Did running up Chester Street every day make you the athlete you are today? Yeah, this absolutely. might be like an inside Worcester question, but yeah, well, Worcester is like like uh, they, they say there's like seven the seven hills of Worcester, and really only if you're in Worcester you know that it's like the city of seven hills. But uh, yeah, I lived at the top, so to Steve, at the top of this mat, like mile long hill. So every run you finished, you had to climb up this this mountain. So yeah, I mean. That was the that was the foundation for it, you know. Growing up, running was so simple. It was just you just run hard for as long as you can and do it again the next day. <laughs> I guess that's the the rocky steps of Worcester, right there. Is uh, right. is straight at the end there. And then yeah, Steve yeah. said you had a pretty epic bicycle ride across the country. Um, Want to tell us a little bit about that? When when was that? And where did kind of the impetus to that come from? Yeah, so it was uh, summer two thousand six after my freshman year at BC. Uh, me and two of my best friends that I grew up with, uh, the summer before they rode from Worcester to Montreal and back, uh, to raise money for a charity. And then they proposed, they're like, well, we did that. Why not just go, uh, East coast to West coast manifest destiny. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we just kind of got on our bikes in Boston and pedaled our way to LA. Uh, it was awesome. It was uh yeah it was a great adventure it was some like you know just incredible time with, with these two guys that I've, I've known my whole life and uh just an inside look at what makes this country a pretty special place um met a lot of cool people and saw a lot of a lot of great places uh just any running on that trip oh, zero running <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally totally destroyed my sophomore year um Cross country season and beyond, it was just like you think you're get you think you're getting fit, but you're biking like ten to twelve hours a day, and um, you know we did zero stretching and <laughs> zero like we would just finish the ride and just start eating you know whatever we could find at the convenience store and sleeping on the ground, and so it was it was pretty brutal, <laughs> um, but man, it was yeah, it was a pretty epic trip. So if one of your athletes told you they're going to do that uh, for their summer training this year, you wouldn't be super stoked as the coach? No, I didn't tell my coach. <laughs> <laughs> so I get, we get, got back in the fall, and you know, I was good when I was a freshman, and then I stunk as a sophomore, and he, he's trying to figure it out. And now that I'm a coach, I'm like, I get where he's coming from. He's scratching his brain. He's like, What's, what am I doing wrong? Like, what did I do this kid? And I'm like, oh, I rode 3,000 miles on my bicycle this summer. <laughs> And so, yeah, he didn't, he wasn't too pleased. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I imagine. tell all my guys, I'm like, I'm like, you want to go skiing? You can go skiing when you graduate. If you want to bike across the country, you can do it when you graduate. And like, uh, I love it. just trying to, trying to encourage them to make the most of these four years of running because it's a pretty special time to, to do just that. And there's a lot of, a lot of life, God willing to, to go on other adventures. For sure. Yeah, no, totally. I, I think back to like, you know, some of like the, the cool, interesting fun things i did in college and they were great but i i do kind of sometimes look back and it's like man if someone had said that to me just like hey you you only get four years of this of of this you know college running world like you can do all that stuff after life doesn't end after college there's all that time so now nah, it's a it's a, a good good coaching point there so i think you're on the the right track but um one other thing i wanted to ask you about i was kind of scrolling through instagram and it's just littered with coffee cups and all kinds of coffee stuff i don't know what's going on there can you explain what this whole coffee cup thing is you got going on yeah we just <laughs> you just like coffee uh, cups yeah it's got a good collection growing so we started <laughs> uh mug shop monday 
Mugshot Monday. I love it. So I like, try, try to feature a different uh, different mug every Monday. But, um, you know, I mean, my wife and I, we kind of uh, built up a collection over the years. And Christmas mugs is Christmas time. If we travel, we'll get a cool mug wherever we're at. And so, um, you know, we probably got 100 mugs in our collection. And uh, I've just never been able to, like, be a good Instagram personality when it comes to running. Like, yes, yeah. I mean, I'm out running by myself in the woods of Amherst and I just don't have like a photographer on deck uh, to, to capture the footage. And, um, you know, I've always just thought training was just kind of me getting in my own zone. And so um, so I've always struggled with, with that element of social media. But I like coffee and I like my cat. And uh, so we like that. <laughs> we like that. Have a good time on Instagram uh, that way instead. It, it is interesting from talking to different professional athletes, stuff like that through our podcast, how important that's becoming, right? Is like having your brand and having your social media. And it's becoming more harder and harder to be unique with it, right? Because everyone's got pictures of them running, pictures with the different brands, pictures. So having your own image and unique take on social media is becoming a very very important part of the sport yeah no and it's been great i've been with Saucony since 2014 and the thing they value most is authenticity so mm -hmm. like i'm sure yeah i'm sure they want us all to get 50,000 followers and post pics of the shoes and like uh you know be out there selling but at the same time like they're a brand that, that really believes in authenticity and us trying to be who, who we are naturally. And, and that's mm -hmm. been awesome because I'm just not naturally a social media presence. <laughs> Whereas some kids on the team, they're great at it, you know, and it comes, and it comes across as authentic. They're able to share their running story with the, with the world and it's awesome. Um, you know, and I'm a huge fan of the, of the athlete that that gap that that bridge is like built between the elites and, and the fans um you know i know you guys always talk about how hard you're working to to market the sport and get some new energy and new excitement out there and um it's been cool to see some people really be able to do that well uh, on social media uh, but then also have a space for you know to to figure out who we all are you know when we're not wearing our running shoes yeah love it i think we'll i think we might join you next week for for mugshot monday so uh i love that yeah. idea but uh, Tim, this has been a ton of fun. It's been awesome having having you on. It's been great having a local guy on the podcast. Um, but we end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right. So down the home stretch, rapid fire questions here. Your topic this week is Boston College. You know your former alma mater. So Trent's gonna start you off here with his question. Let's do it. All right. I think a lot of our local listeners will like these. So uh, best Boston College bar. Well, MA is, but it closed. Uh, we were always rogue. We were always rogues people uh, back in college. But I was, I mean, I was a good boy, man. We weren't out. I wasn't out there drinking with the best of them. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was a campus man. I've, I've always thought of it as Mary Ann's because I didn't go to Boston College, but I guess it's MA. So scary Marys. <laughs> well, that leads to my next question. Um, did you successfully avoid all point shaving schemes at Boston College? I did. There really wasn't much of that going on in the track and field world, but right, yeah, every, every, every summer, but when we started cross country, the AD would come in and be like, we're the only school with two gambling scandals. And <laughs> he would like go on this whole rant. So we were pretty, uh, pretty well warned about our history. All right. Who wears the maroon better UMass or BC? Depends on the sport. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I officially switched my loyalties in hockey to UMass, but I'm still a BC football guy right now. So, all right. Um, all right. But if it's a cross country team, man, it's the Minutemen. That's right. Good. Speaking of uh, football, how come the BC football and basketball team both stink so bad? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, football's going to turn around, man. We just got Coach Halfley coming in. He's, uh, you know, he's got his get in campaign. So, uh, I'm excited to see what's going on there. We're gonna miss the dude Steve Adazio, but it's time for time for some changes. So I'm hopeful we can get back to back to the glory days on the heights. Why the hell was Notre Dame the home team at BC Notre Dame at Fenway Park last year? Dude, enough that 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 angered me to no <laughs> end. It's uh, it's an NDTV money. 
I guess so. Yeah, like the more you dig into college athletics, cash rules everything around me, man. So they had the rights. They yeah, like we were the away team, and we didn't have as many tickets as they had. Nothing, but it's probably then if you go to the game. I mean, definitely the, the stands were more ND fans than BC fans, man. The Eagles got to get out and support, support the crew. That's right. All right. Rank these Boston College athletes. Doug Flutie, Matt Ryan, Tim Ritchie. Uh, Flutie, Ryan, Ritchie. Well, ah! I, I, I give, give Ritchie I a, a, you know, a slight edge over, over Ryan. <laughs> I actually just got a box of Flutie Flakes uh, as a Christmas gift from the Oh, oh yes. So. That's right. They really, they're back. They're back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. We lost Trent. All right. I'm going to hit you with the last question. Is there a better place to do a workout than the BC Reservoir? That's the best place. Best place? Yeah, it is. Yep. I probably run 4,000 miles around that little <laughs> pond, man. So Love it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, number one on my list for sure. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to be down in Atlanta. We're going to be cheering you on. It's going to be a great time. Good luck. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. So if you follow us on Instagram, you saw all of our Mugshot Mondays up there celebrating the uh, right. the, the Mugshot Monday with our, with our guy, Tim Ritchie. Um, Trent, looking dapper, looking mm. clean. You, you, you're cleaning up your style, man. You look good at that picture. Classy AF for the Instagram followers. I saw Steve had kind of a, a silly one. Mike, I knew, was, you know, paying tribute to his idol. So I thought I had to mix it up with a little class coming from Peak Too Early. That's yeah, right. Trent. Trent has has gotten nonstop crap for his uh, his style or his lack of style rather on this podcast. But man, you 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 cleaned up today. You look good. So you like you like the sweater vest? Yeah, yeah. I, you can rock that. Hey. No, I, I a classic Trent move would to have like would be to have the you know the the maroon and white sl- sweater vest and have just like a blue shirt underneath. But you had a nice white you know white colored solid shirt underneath. You look good. I'll have Steve to mix it up next time and go with some crazy plaid underneath. Well, I was just supposed to say, now that you complimented his sweater, I could see Trent just wearing that exact same outfit for the next, like, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, to wrap up the back end of our show, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Olympic trials, and we want to bring it back to the roots of this podcast. And this podcast, you know, was, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. It was centered around a couple different things. And one of the central tenets of this podcast was we wanted to bring gambling to the sport of running. So we haven't done this in a while. We haven't done this, I don't think, since the Boston Marathon. But we decided that we wanted to come prepared to this podcast with our ideas on bets or lines that you could make on the Olympic trials. So, um, you know, I'm just going to kick it off. I'm going to kick it off here. We're going to be down in Atlanta. We're going to be getting some content, hopefully talking to some runners. But we're going to be cheering, going crazy on the sidelines. And we're going to be rocking our Stop P2E t-shirts. If you haven't got yours, go to the uh, peak2early.com and get yours now. So my first line is, how many times do we get asked what Stop P2E means? And I've set the line at, I've set the over under at 87 times. Oh, my goodness. Times. I'm well, gonna think lose, about it. Think about I'm it. I'm going to lose we're, count by the time we get there. Well, we're going to be down there. We're going to be going crazy. We're all going to be wearing the same T-shirts. If you don't know what it is, you know they, they know it has a resemblance to the Stop Pre-T-shirt. I guarantee you people are going to be asking us what Stop P2E means. I mean, to be good for the brand here, I'm going to say way over. To be honest, I have no idea. But, I mean, you gotta you got to fight with the brand here. Yeah, don't, you think, gonna... don't you think if, if you were siding with the brand, you would want the under? <laughs> No, no, because you want people to ask about it, and then people say, what's Sapi 2 And you say, oh, well, let me tell you about it. And then you tell you about the podcast. I tell you about the Instagram. Next thing you know, they're a big-time listener. They're getting on the show. They're buying T-shirts. Well, oh, my point is, my point is, don't you think they, they you'd want them they to? They already know. Oh, exactly, uh, exactly. Everybody down there already knows. Taking the hard under, A, because we're not going to count. That's way too high. So we get yeah. to call it under, and B, because everybody already knows. Oh, man. What do you guys got? All right, so um, the genesis of this whole uh, idea, the reason we're doing it this week, just to throw it out there, is it's Super Bowl week, right? So I kind of tailored mine more towards like the Super Bowl prop bet type uh, thing. So my first one is the over/under 
on how many vapor flies we see on non-runners. So I'm just talking spectators on the sideline, and we're going to put that at 24 and a half pairs of vapor flies. Over. I am crushing the over on that, Mike. The, the vapor fly is an expensive shoe, you know? It's, it's not it's very, super it's, easy to come across. And it's a very uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, but it's like, it's not your, it's meant to be running fast speed. I mean, if you got to be a certain type of person to just be kicking around in your vapor flies. Yeah, but you know you're going to see those, um, those people that kind of go for runs along the course that kind of run mm-hmm. around. You're going to get the hardos that are out there running around watching people, you know, like getting their Sunday long run in while watching the marathon. I guarantee you we're going to see 15 people running by in vapor plies just kind of getting a workout in. All right, Trent, let me go for one more before we get in there because this one's very much a Super Bowl-type prop bet. You know how they do the over-under on, like, the, the Gatorade color that gets poured onto the coach of the winning team? Oh. So this one would be the color of the first pair of vapor flies to cross the finish line. So you know how they have like the bright green and the bright pink? What will be the color of the first vapor flies to cross the finish Love line? Love that. Yeah, yeah. Green? How's that sound? Green, yeah. green, money green for the victory. Give me, Let's give go, me the, yeah, yeah. the in honor of the lime green Gatorade. I'm going the the big money green. I, well, I'll just we'll all go in on the green together. I like it. Nope, I'm not in on the green. Are you going pink? Nope. Orange? Nope. Yellow? Nope. Isn't is there any other vaporfly color? Oh, are you going with the with the um the field here? No vaporflies. They banned vaporflies before. The, oh, that's a good one. No, they, they they they. There's been some hints thrown out on some of the elite athletes, uh, Instagrams this past week of a special edition one. Um, from I think it's Blue Ribbon Sports, so it's a white and blue one. So I'm gonna go white and blue. Oh, he's using this. Okay. Yeah. But hey, that's that's a that's a good bet too. That the last paper fry. Yeah, 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 I like that one. All right, so Gatorade color classic Super Bowl prop bet. Another classic one for you know the, the non-football fans out there. Everybody's tuning in early. They want to watch that Star Spangled Banner. They want to know how long you you know, have the it. national anthem is going to be. And so, assuming we get to the race for the start of it. Um, we'll, we'll do our own national anthem. They're going to do a, a big one, I'm sure. Uh, so what will be longer, the Super Bowl national anthem or the, uh, the Atlanta uh, Marathon Trials national anthem? I mean, I think you got to go the Super Bowl one because it's actually sometimes you get a little bit more of an amateur in there and they try to do more of the uh, type of stuff. So I'm actually I talk myself out of that. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go trials. So there's a, I mean, both the Super Bowl and the trials are in the South, but Florida South is a little different than Georgia South. Well, that's you know, true. Georgia South is a little bit of a slower pace, you know, life. You know, things just tend to move a little slower down there in the in the deep South. So, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. I just think that things tend to move a little slower in Georgia. So, my first reaction was kind of where Mike started off, where, you know, on TV, you want to show it to the camera, but we don't even know what we're getting for this one, right? This could be like a marching band type of thing. Yeah. You get a whole sort of thing. So I think that variable makes me have to take the Atlanta. So we're, we're all in agreement yeah. on, the, on the trial. Let's, wow. let's hammer it. That's it. That's the <laughs> first right. one. We're in. Somebody give us a line. <laughs> all right. Odds that a P2E guest qualifies for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I have it at plus. 1000 what do you guys got yeah i mean i think that's fair right i mean so far we've we've had uh all people who are on the fringe but have an outside shot and uh i mean i like the i mean i'm taking the odds i'm taking the, the plus 1000 oh all um, day yeah i mean of course um and that's uh those odds aren't factoring in you know we still got plenty of time to get guests on get more friends of the program before right. uh before the race starts, so I mean that you never could change know. things monumentally. You never know. Hop on that line while you still can. That's right. Get it. Well, it's hot. I think I think you have to look at taking the odds on that, um, and, and that's the beauty of the marathon, right? Is that the shorter events usually it's kind of you can pencil the favorites in, but the longer the distances. Now there's some outliers to it, right? We, we've talked about the elite of the elite, you know, in the entire world. But when you're just doing the USA Trials and there's three runners that are going to get in in each gender. There's always room for a real surprise to come in there. So you got to like the odds on that. 
All right, the uh, this one's more for us, but the over under on uh, Miller Lights drank with a friend of the program. Ooh, I like that one. And I feel like I need help setting the line with this one. I feel like mm. this is a really hard line to set. I, I want to say it's gonna be like now yeah, somewhere six and a half, seven and a half. Well, I, I, I was I'll take the over on that. I was gonna say I was gonna say nine ten. Okay. So, there's a lot of variables to consider here. <laughs> and, you know, we're not going to get anybody till Saturday night, right? Nobody's hanging out right after. They got a lot of stuff to do and shower up and stuff. Uh, Atlanta's a pretty not spread true. out city. It's not true. You think people are going to go right to the bars if they qualify? I mean, what about our boy Noah? That's true. That's true. Ooh, I didn't think about him. That is. Think about him. It's a wild card. But I am concerned about the how Atlanta is kind of a spread out city. Are we gonna? Is it gonna be a concentration of athletes in one place? But if we can find, if we get to a bar with one person, then I'll take the over on that. I'll hammer the, you know, the nine to ten. Um, but it could very easily. It's either gonna be super high or, or well under. And I'll, I'll take us. You know, I'll, I'll bet on us. You know, I'll bet on myself and go with the high. I'm I'm betting strictly on Nell Rojas. I think she's just gonna <laughs> be throwing them back. So let's go. All right, mine is a. You know, here's my my personal one the, the dumb silly one is um like maybe the listeners can really decide on this is who is gonna you know say 28 to 3 more during this weekend steve or mike <laughs> i just i just feel like friday saturday night it's just gonna come out it's gonna be just <laughs> impossible to, to hold it in for the two of you the, the better one might be um which which day will steve fight somebody over a 28 to 3 you know, controversy or a conversation that starts with Steve yelling 28 to 3 at them. Listen, listen, if anybody throws out any deflate gate bullshit, I'm, I'm not holding <laughs> back. Like, I, I'm going all out. So, I, I don't know. I, I My initial instinct, Trent, was 100% without a doubt me. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is that's a good one. I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a coin flip. Yeah, I think I'm going to put my money on Steve on that one. <laughs> um, all right, so I got a good one here. So we're going to be, you know, we're hopefully going to be having some signs out there. We're going to be on the course. You know, we, we've kind of built a relationship with some of these runners. We're going to be cheering them on. We're going to be yelling stuff at them. So my question for you is how many laughs will we get from runners out there? So, so participants in the race, how many laughs will we get? I have the line at four and a half. Oh, man, that might be high. It doesn't have to be a friend of the program, right? No, no, just for just a a, a participant in the race. Can we get them to laugh? Oh, man. So so everyone running is there, like, on a mission, right? Yeah. There's, there's, this is not Boston Marathon. Gets yeah. at the back. I mean, if you're if you're not – I mean, if you if you barely qualified – say you qualified in Houston, right, and you're banged up, and your goal was just to make this race, and you're truly just happy to be there, and yeah. you're enjoying it, and you're just trying to soak in every second of it, we can get those people to laugh. Easy. The thing is you got to play the early game, though, right, because everything after the first, like, 10 miles – you're not getting anybody to laugh. I don't know. That's when you get delirious, Mike. If you yeah. can front load them, if you can get front load them when people are still feeling fresh and good and in good spirits, that's when you got to get them. So if, if we can get out to a hot start getting people to laugh, I feel good. If not, we got I no chance. I could not disagree more. Everybody's going to be laser focused. And, and at the end, it's like you're going to have people that are a little delirious. You're, you're going to have gonna, people that know where they're be, at. It's You're not like, going to be too focused in in the first 10 miles. These are professional marathoners, Steve. They know that you got to be loosey-goosey and relax the first 10. It's the last 10 that they're going to be laser-focused, locked in. And then the people who aren't laser-focused are going to be suffering and just trying to get through the race. I hate to be the middle guy here, but it's it's the you know the, the 12 to 18 stretch, right? Because 18 to 26, people are toasted. They're delirious. They're out. But at the beginning, people are still locked in. Everyone thinks they're going to the Olympics. They're not paying when you get to that middle stretch, people realize they're out of it, but they still kind of have their wits to themselves. So I'll take that 12 to 18. But anyways, give me the give me the over four and a half. Again, I'm betting ourselves. I like it. All right. One of my favorite. Sorry to cut off. I just got really excited about this one, though. But one of my favorite things about Super Bowl Prop Bets is the cross sports. And I know we've done this in the past, <laughs> and, and I love it. So we are planning on going to the Hawks game Friday night. And so I think this one works pretty well. So the total minutes... For the winner of the men's marathon, 
against the amount of points scored by the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, now I'm going to wow. give the Hawks a minus. Who we'll give. No, I'm sorry. Doing that wrong. We're going to give the runner like a minus six and a half. So I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. The Hawks. I mean, those, that's a high scoring team sometimes though, but yeah, total minutes for the runner minus six and a half versus the Atlanta Hawks. Cause let's say that the winner runs what, like 204, 205. Is that fair? That'd be quick. Then... Well, that that'd be the under on my line. Okay. Let's call it, let's call it <laughs> no, between two hundred five and two ten. Yeah. Okay. So that would be you know somewhere between one hundred and ninety or so minutes. So we're saying no, not quite. No, it'd be like it'd be like a hundred. I'm sorry, hundred twenty-five. Hundred twenty-five. And you're saying just the Hawks. Just the Hawks. Just the Hawks. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to take the runner. And you're giving him a minus. You're giving him a minus six to the runner, correct? I'm checking my uh, my stats and research department. I wonder how many points per game they've scored. But I said six and a half for the the runner's a six and a half point favorite. I'm 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 still taking the runner. <laughs> so basically, the Hawks are just gonna have to go off. They're gonna have to score yeah. over 100 points. I don't know basketball nowadays. Everybody's scoring like 110, 115 a game. Maybe yeah. we should just take the Hawks to make the make the uh, that would make the runner have to run faster, so that'd be a more exciting marathon, and it would make the basketball game more exciting because we'd have more points. So I think we got to bet on us again. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, I got one last one. Anybody anybody got any of the good ones that they want to throw out there? Before we um, wrap it up? The the lowest place to vomit. So <laughs> post race vomit. Well, like you know, I mean, like will the winner vomit? Will like the tenth place guy? Who will be the first person to vomit? You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the third place finisher. Third um, place finisher. Yeah, because I think that the last one to make the team is probably gonna oh, have, yeah, have yeah, the yeah. gutsiest, you know, grind it out race. Um, so they're gonna cross the finish line and they're probably just gonna boot everywhere. I, so I like I'm, that. I'm I going. Like I'm going with the 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 last one to make the Olympic team. I like I like the fourth place because it's the person <laughs> yeah. that gets out kicked, right? There's two guys going in for it, and the one that feels worse loses and ends up vomiting everywhere. I like that. I, like I that. think they always do like, um, you know, will so and so cry as well? So it'd be like, will like the third or fourth place runner respectively cry in their first interview? And I think obviously, you know, your chances for the fourth are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like what about that. what about uh the the celebratory props, right? So you know. Will the winner do the the two fists, the one fist, Ooh, or like something that. else? I love that. I love he that. Like punches the punches the tape. The Tim yeah. Ritchie. <laughs> Tim Ritchie. And they they always do too, like in the post game press conference, like who will they thank first? Like yeah. their coach, their teammates, God, their parents. That's a good one too. Are what are are there any other standard celebratory you know runner finishes that should be included that I'm, that I'm not? That's not part of the field. The prefontaine little like you know slap thing he does. Oh yeah, slap. You know what? You know what move I cannot stand is when the winner takes the tape and they put it above their head. They like grab it with their two hands uh, and they yeah, put it over there. No, the tape is meant to be broken. You you run over that thing, you punch it, you slam that thing to the ground, you break the tape. You don't lift it up like a trophy. Steve, maybe Galen Rupp will start taking your advice and maybe he'll do a little shush to the crowd when he crosses oh, the finish line. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Listen. I've said it before. I'm not a Galen Rupp fan, but if he did that, if he if he came across the finish line and he shushed everybody, I think I'm all in on the guy. I mean, that, that would be awesome. like <laughs> it would be amazing. All right, our last prop bet for the Olympic trials, and this guy's the reason I wanted to save this for last because there was recently a significant line movement on this bet. So this bet was originally posted at plus three fifty. Odds that the P2E boys will get media credentials has just plummeted from plus 350 to minus 110. Oh, man. I, I love. I feel like we got to wait on this one. Let the let the line keep. Actually, don't no, get it back a little bit. You got to get what it, if it down. Goes down. Yeah. What if yeah. it goes down even further? All right, I, get it well top, baby. Yeah, get it well top. Yeah, don't 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 lose too much on the juice. Scoop it up while you can. You never it never works out when you're like waiting for the line to move in your no. favor. For some reason, like I don't know if it's my computer, 
you know, they just it just knows what I'm doing, or Bavada does whatever my Vegas does, me. and they Vegas Vegas knows what I want, so then they change the line <laughs> on me every time. It's never gone in my favor, so I'm taking it now. All right, well, get your bets in. This is a fun segment. I'm glad we did this. <laughs> but uh, on that, let's kick off the bell lap. So, Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? So, Steve, first thing is um, we actually got to, like, save those lines and use them because every time we make these lines, we just kind of forget about them and don't ever talk about it again. So this time I think we got to be better about actually, like, you know, showing where we, you know, after the fact, what actually happened. Uh, my second point is here, I'm going to be a little bit um, – uh, selfless here and let you guys join in on my bell app rant. I wanted to know predictions for the Super Bowl. Well, who do you think is going to win and who do you want to win? Who's playing? <laughs> what? It's What's good, the Super Bowl? Question. I don't know. I don't know. The Patriots are in it, right? Yeah. I'm going, I got my money on the Niners. Um, I, I think that they're just a better or a more well-rounded team. And more importantly, I think if Jimmy G gets a Super Bowl, it's only going to fire Tom Brady up even more. And we'll see mm-hmm. him back in a Patriots uniform, hoisting a Lombardi trophy soon enough. I want San Francisco to win. I like Garoppolo. I know there's a lot that comes into it in, in terms of the, the decision-making made of him being on San Francisco. I don't want to hear all that talk again, but Garoppolo is kind of the man. I love, uh, you know, his his girlfriend or friend or whoever, how he just kind of owned that um, for all people that want to <laughs> search his, his adult star friend. Um, I love I love who he is, and, and he's he's kind of badass. So I'm always rooting for Garoppolo. But I kind of think Kansas City's offense is, is unstoppable right now. So They're good. Um, I think that Boston Sports Radio will be insufferable if Jimmy G wins. So I kind of want the Chiefs to win, and I think the Chiefs are going to dominate. So yeah, Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? So I I don't want to pretend that I have anything elegant to say about this, but I just feel like I want to bring up Kobe because it was yesterday when it happened, and it's all I've been. I've never been so glued like to my phone of just refreshing it. Just a weird story. So, um, really, really the, the only takeaway I have is what like a a legacy that that could be an example for runners in our sport of just the person with that unbelievable drive that doesn't kind of care what you know other people may think of him um and just kind of that ultimate badass ultimate competitor and that's the kind of you know personality that that really shines um you know whether people love him whether people hate him you know we could use some more track athletes like that so um i just i just feel like it's weird not to bring him up because he's been just on the center you know of my mind and you know everyone else and uh that that awful accident yesterday yeah trent's our basketball correspondent so i was hoping that he said something and if he didn't i was gonna i was gonna bring it up i think just as a sports podcast i mean we try to we try to bridge the gap between running and other sports so i think it would have been you're like you said it would have been wrong to not bring it up um you know as a as a boston fan i spent most of my life you know not liking the guy and wanting to see him lose but there's no denying kind of the passion and just kind of the drive that he brought and probably this is probably you know one of the probably the most tragic sports story of my lifetime or sports related story of my lifetime so i mean it's 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 been taking over the media and trying to i'm glad you brought it up um but yeah no it's a uh, awful and you know we we we're we have the 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 families of all those affected in our in our prayers and in our thoughts so on that note guys I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. And Josie's on a vacation for a while. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little realtor. And I just want to use your love
Nice hat, you goofball. Thanks, buddy. It's a little, a little chilly in the apartment right now. Save, saving money, you know, it's a sacrifice to save money. I hear you. Oh. Can you hear me? Yep. yep. Sound good. What's up? It's happening. Oh, man, not much. I literally just walked in the door. I was skiing. Skiing was good. Trent, Trent was holding the whole group back, though. <laughs> gentle Trentle. Yeah, it was Gentle Trentle this weekend. Trying to rest up the old shoulder. Yeah.